This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. I'm Terry Strzok, host of Beauty Now, a weekly podcast that brings you the latest in cosmetic surgery, skin, lasers, lifts, breast dogs, Brazilian butt lifts, necks, nose, lashes, hair, and much, much more. Today, we're welcoming Dr. Carson Liu, a bariatric surgeon who's going to tell us all about the lap band procedures and the bariatric surgeons. Welcome, Dr. Liu. Thank you very much. I know very little about bariatric surgery. I do know that there's millions of people across the United States and Europe that are overweight and struggling with their weight, and this is kind of a last resort. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, most people who um, are looking for weight loss surgery have tried diet and exercise as their primary treatment and have failed. If they have failed, then uh, they look into surgery, and there's different levels of uh, surgery. Bariatric surgery entails all types of weight loss surgeries. How many pounds overweight generally do you have to be to be considered for bariatric surgery? Usually at least 75 pounds with a medical illness or 100 pounds over your ideal body weight. Now, I've heard of people actually sticking weights and stuff into their clothes so that they can qualify. Do you guys look out for that or, is, or are you real strict about the 75 pounds or what if you're 65 pounds? What do you suggest? Um, if you're 65 pounds, it's uh, tougher to have most insurance companies to cover it. So these criteria that I have outlined are usually um, insurance guidelines for coverage, and that is part of the reason why people work themselves around the weight criteria. Um, in general, you know, this is elective surgery, and I tell patients that um, if you're looking to have your insurance to cover it, we should just wait until you qualify, and you should try uh, medical weight loss before uh, entertaining the thought of surgery. Don't you try to suggest that to all the patients to try? I and mean, I'm sure they all have. I mean, I'm sure when you get to that point, you've lost hope and control and, and everything else. Absolutely. Um, most of my patients who have seen me have tried, you know, they literally say they've tried every diet under the sun. So they know every diet and every program they've tried all the commercial programs, and they're at their wit's end. It does take a lot of courage and um, a lot of um, self-resolution to come to grips that you can actually take a surgical intervention to help with their weight loss. Two-thirds of Americans are overweight at this point, and we are literally eating ourselves to a state of illness. So you're talking about the morbidly obese that do the bariatric option. Is that true? Yes. We're talking about the morbid obese. We do have obese patients who seek out the lap band procedure electively. It has been published uh, internationally uh, stating that people who have a BMI of 30 and over, which would put them about 50 pounds overweight, will benefit with a better quality of life with the lap band in place. And for our listeners that don't know BMI, that's body mass index, correct? Yes, the body mass index is a calculation of their weight divided by their height squared. It's in the metric system, so it's kilograms over meters squared. Uh, overweight is considered 27, 28 BMI. Obesity is considered 30 and over. Morbid obesity is usually considered 35 and over. 
So when a patient comes in to you, how do you give them a consultation? When they come in, they'll first uh, have their height measured, and they will have their uh, weight measured without their shoes, and we do check to make sure that they're not patting themselves down with other weights. Um, and we have them undergo a bioimpedance measurement, so we measure the percentage of fat. When you're looking at the BMI strictly, a body lifter or somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to have a high BMI because they have a lot of muscle mass. We also look at the percentage of fat in addition to their weight and height. That's a really good point. So how do you actually measure the muscle as opposed to the fat? We um, actually use a, a bioimpedance machine, which uh, sends a small um, electrical current that's painless, and we can measure the amount of fat and the amount of lean body mass. And we do this every time a patient comes in to make sure that they're um, exercising as well as uh, having enough uh, protein in their diets uh, to have a healthy weight loss. The ultimate goal here is to lose fat and preserve as much muscle after weight loss surgery, whether you get the gastric bypass or the lap band. And uh, we do measure that um, as a baseline, and then we measure it going forward every time they come back to visit me. Well, I think most of the media, from what the average person has seen, has seen bariatric surgery as extremely dangerous. What do you say about that? Well, I say it's just the opposite with the lap band. So everybody has these uh, uh, misconception of gastric bypass being dangerous because they know somebody's had a complication. The lap band procedure is an adjustable gastric band that we place at the top of the stomach. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes, and it's an outpatient procedure. You go home in 10 minutes to as far out as an hour, and as soon as you're recovered, you're actually walking out from the uh, surgery and going home. You sleep in your bed. Your pain medication is... uh, children's liquid Tylenol, so there's very little discomfort after this procedure. It is the least invasive procedure. It's all done through a 5-millimeter laparoscope, and um, we're able to do it on a TV monitor, and it's pretty much like Star Trek. You're operating with minimal intervention on the patient's uh, pain level in terms of their downtime. Most people can go back to work in uh, two days. Wow, that's incredible. So explain more about the lap band. So you're going to go in there and you're going to do this little Star Trek procedure, but what is it exactly that you're putting in there? The lap band is just a polymerized silicone band with a balloon on the inside of the band that allows us to adjust the uh, restrictions. So if you can picture a uh, hourglass with a sand going through, the patient gets to control how fast the food goes through the stomach. And when you slow down the food... It stretches out that stomach that's above the band, and it sends a signal to the brain saying that you're full. So all we're doing is tricking the brain into thinking that you're full with a lot less food. And for a lot of these patients, they've never felt full in their entire life. They'll tell me that it's amazing. I finally have an off switch with a band in place. I I did watch that show. They had a special reality show on on the struggles of patients in the hospital, and it was heartbreaking. But were those patients that are, you know, maybe over 200 pounds overweight, excuse me, do they do the gastric bypass as opposed to the lap band? No, I've done patients who are, you know, 480 pounds with the uh, lap band have successfully lost 280 pounds, and it is the least invasive, so that's the one thing to remember, but it's also the safest procedure out there. 
Um, the patients just have to get the band adjusted. It's a clinic visit, and we inject saline into the uh, access port, which goes into the balloon around the band, and it allows them to continue to lose weight um, going forward. So um, the band is useful for people who are extremely morbidly obese to those people who are just obese. So it sounds like that the maybe the bariatric is not used anymore. But uh, in 2009, the lap band is being performed more often than the gastric bypass. The gastric bypass. So why would you do a gastric bypass as opposed to the lap band now? At this point, um, it is uh, pretty much being driven by the patients, and the patients understand the differences between the adjustable gastric band versus a uh, gastric bypass. They understand that they've encountered people who've had complications of the gastric bypass, so they end up choosing to have a lap band. The only reason why a patient would get a gastric bypass is if their insurance would not cover one procedure over the other, or they went to a surgeon that had a particular bias towards doing gastric bypasses rather than lap bands. So the gastric bypass, do the patients have to eat certain things afterwards? I've heard that you can never eat normal food again, and, and what's the reality? The reality of the gastric bypass is that you have some difficulty with um, usually chicken breast, and um, you're going to have problems with greasy food and really high sweet food. You get this uh, diarrhea, what we call dumping syndrome with a gastric bypass. With a lap band, uh, the main thing that you can't eat is bread, and um, it basically restricts the amount of food that you can eat, and if you eat too much with the lap band, it ends up uh, causing you to spit up food. So if, if a patient eats bread with the lap band, they would spit it up? Exactly. They would either spit it up or in three or four hours it would pass through, but um, it would be enough of a negative experience that they will not want to eat bread again. <laughs> You can't do that temporarily. So tell us about the lap band. Like, how long do people keep it in place? Is this something they keep in forever or just till they lose the weight? And how do they train themselves to actually be able to eat on their own? That's a great question. Um, The band itself um, is reversible. So when we take it out, there is no alteration in the anatomy of the patient's uh, gastrointestinal system. But... You know, I've placed over 1,400 of these, and only about nine patients have requested to have this removed. And everyone else is walking around with their band, most of them with their band balloon wide open uh, without any sailing in their balloons. So most of these people are keeping it in forever, but they have the option of taking it out a year or two later if the balloon is completely empty and they've really alter their behavior of eating. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is get them to eat healthy. We're going to get them to chew their food more and get them to eat in very small portion sizes. If they can do that on their own over time, and it usually takes about four to five years to alter their behavior of uh, eating since they had their entire life to develop their eating behavior, we will entertain uh, removal of that. But for now, most of these patients, since uh, my early patients in 2002, are still walking around with a band. The band still works. It's an extra measure of a safety net for these patients uh, because they know they have control to lose more weight if they ever need it. Well, and also tell us about more complications. What do they experience? What's the negative about the lap band? I heard that you can get heartburn and things like that. Heartburn is rare. Uh, We're actually presenting uh, our our 
paper on reversing heartburn with a lap band. So if you have heartburn and you get the lap band, your heartburn will go away. So that used to be a fear of uh, the lap band is that it would induce heartburn. If you have heartburn, it mainly means that your lap band is too tight and you need to get it adjusted by your surgeon. Um, if you have heartburn, the other uh, symptom is that uh, it could indicate that the band has slipped a little bit down too far and that you need to get the band uh, opened up uh, surgically and moved about two centimeters higher, and that would get rid of the heartburn. So the heartburn usually indicates that the band's either too tight or the band uh, needs to be uh, moved a couple of centimeters up higher. And that happens with massive weight loss. People who have lost over 100, 120 pounds, the band can move down just a couple of centimeters to give them chronic heartburn. And if that's the case, we can just uh, uh, laparoscope them with three 5-millimeter uh, incisions and take care of the problem. And how fast do they lose weight? What's the typical weight loss per month, let's just say? Um, it varies uh, from men versus women. Men always lose weight faster. That's, right now, we hate you guys. I know. I, I don't know why that is, but, uh, you know, for men, we tell them the first, uh, for men and women, the first three months of weight loss after the lap band insertion is very quick. And then after that three-month period, we're looking at six to ten pounds a month as a pretty good weight loss. If you're losing uh, less than six to ten pounds a month and you're not happy, you can come on in. Uh, and have a, uh, a lap band adjustment in a, as a routine clinic visit. It takes about 15 minutes to have the band adjusted. And do you offer counseling with this, or or do people seek outside counseling? We have counseling, but um, if they have the lap band, they also have a psychologist available to them, a psychologist that screened them initially before surgery to make sure they're a good candidate. And we also encourage uh, support groups or um, other commercial weight loss programs like Overeaters Anonymous or Weight Watchers if they choose to do so. Um, if they choose the lap band, they also have, um, you know, uh, Lindora online as a weight loss. They also have um, uh, Fit Day, which is a um, monitoring device to see how much they exercise. And they also have, if you're a female, they have uh, memberships that curves for about 10 weeks. Well, that's really important because you do want to promote a healthy lifestyle along with this solution to such a debilitating problem. That's what I try to instill in the patients, that the band, number one, is a powerful tool to help you to reduce the volume of food, but ultimately the patient will be responsible for making the uh, right choices of healthy foods and they need to exercise. So it all really boils down to diet and exercise, but the lap band is a powerful tool to help them to lose weight. Plus, I would assume it would give them hope and inspire them to not be so depressed to get out and just to try to walk or do something. I think um, it's a real fact that um, both the inflammatory markers in the blood go down with minimal weight loss, 30 to 40-pound weight loss. Their inflammation goes down. Their um, markers in the blood, such as C-reactive protein correlating with heart attacks, actually normalize and substance P, which is a, a substance that goes in the bloodstream for pain, goes down to normal levels. And these patients are able to walk and exercise. And when they start losing 30 to 50 pounds, they get motivated to exercise. And then another 50 pounds sheds. And the next thing you know, in about a year, year and a half, they've lost 100 pounds. Well, that would motivate anybody to be happier. We're going to have to take a short break. 
We're talking with Dr. Carson Liu, a bariatric surgeon. We're going to be able to link his website to ours, personallifemedia.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Carrie with Words to Mouth, an author interview talk show where readers meet authors beyond the printed page and win free books. Come join me each week as I speak with authors about their lives and the books they write. That's Words to Mouth at personallifemedia.com. I'm Terry Stuck with Beauty Now, and we're talking with Dr. Carson Liu. He's from UCLA, a professor, and he's board certified in bariatric surgery. Welcome back, Dr. Liu. Thank you. We were just talking about all the different things and how lap band can help you to lose weight if you're obese, and it is such a complicated subject. So you just keep on talking about it. I did have one other question. Are you able to drink alcohol when you're on the lap band? Yes, you can. Of course, everything in moderation is uh, recommended, and uh, publications came out in Australia about eight years ago stating that um, if you actually drink Australian red wine with a lap band, you seem to have lost more weight than the people who just had the lap band procedure. But Why is that Australian red wine? That's really interesting. Well, you have to keep in mind that that research and that paper was funded by the uh, Australian red wine vineyards, so... Uh, we don't know uh-huh. how that was, but it was an interesting article, and um, maybe the tannins in, in the uh, red wine help uh, as an antioxidant, or uh, people, you know, have one glass of wine before or after a meal, it will not hurt. Um, well, red wine is always better for you because it has reversatrol in it, so it, it has more of the vitamins from the skin. Exactly. It but they're something. telling you one or two, and especially for women, I think they say one, and for men can have two. Again, not fair, because men lose weight faster. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us more about the lap band procedure, then. It seems to be the more popular procedure. Tell us about diabetes and the lap band. Sure. First of all, the one thing to remember about the lap band is it's an outpatient procedure, hour to perform, and patients have very little pain. And those are the primary things that have motivated the patients to seek out the lap band surgery. The things that surgeons, such as uh, all the bariatric surgeons who do these procedures, are addressing the medical illnesses. So we're looking at it, and we see about a 93% uh, reversal rate in diabetes uh, with weight loss. So we're definitely seeing that once, once you shed some weight, and it has, doesn't have to be a lot of weight, um, the diabetes reverses their off their medication, their hemoglobin A1C, which is a blood marker for uh, glycosylated hemoglobin, uh, is normalized. And it's just an amazing thing to see that we actually have a simple outpatient procedure to get rid of diabetes. Now, there is a catch to this, and that's usually that 
people who have had long-term, long-standing diabetes who've had you know, 10, 15 years of oral medication and then they were put on insulin and then when they were put on insulin, they gain even more weight uh, because it acts like a growth hormone and they uh, skyrocket in their weight. Those are the patients that are hard to reverse their diabetes. They're probably the um, 7% that really we can't reverse. So there is a time limit in terms of how long they've been on the oral medication and how ill their um, pancreas is in terms of uh, secreting insulin. But at some point, the medications that we use to treat adult onset diabetes will cause them to require insulin, and at that point, it's very hard to get rid of that diabetes. And I assume that you do a full workup, so you determine all their health problems before the surgery? Absolutely, and we um, are looking uh, at their baseline medical illnesses, so we normally address their joint pains, we address their um, coronary artery disease, we want to make sure it's safe to uh, proceed with general anesthesia for about half an hour to 45 minutes, and we've never had anybody die from the lap band, so that's the other reassuring thing for patients to know that you know, no one has ever died from the procedure. What about the bariatric? What about the, the, what about the bariatric? Do you call it the gastric bypass? Yeah, the gastric bypass, uh, people have always encountered uh, people who develop blood clots in the leg, and they go up to the lung, and they're called, it's called the pulmonary embolus, and that can right. happen. So what is the symptom of that? Because I know that a danger is that you go home and you don't really know you're in distress, and then it could be too late. What's the symptom of a pulmonary embolism? The symptoms are very subtle. So only 50% of the people have some calf pain revealing that they have a blood clot in their leg. Some of the blood clots come from the deep veins of the pelvis. When they break off and go to the lung, the only thing that the patient will feel and that's only about half of the patients, they'll feel little pain on their deep breathing, and they really need to go to the emergency room and get... And don't be embarrassed. You don't want to die of embarrassment. I mean, that's, no. that's true with any surgery. Right, and you, you'll be put on blood thinners, and they'll work you up to see if you have a blood clot going to your lungs. And if you feel shorter breath, definitely go to the emergency room, tell them you had a gastric bypass or a prolonged bariatric surgery. It's usually the longer the surgery, the more dehydrated the patients are after surgery, are the ones that are going to get blood clots, and that those are the life-threatening uh, possibilities. That's good advice. What is the oldest patient that you've had? Seventy. Uh, he's actually 73 years old right now. He drives in from Las Vegas to get his lap band adjusted. He's a terrific uh, person. <laughs> lost a lot of weight. And That's great. very happy with the lap band. What's the youngest? The youngest has been 14. 14 years old. Wow. And And is there any... It's probably better that they're younger, correct? Or is it always a risk because of the obesity? I think when they're younger, they have other issues. So teenage girls have other issues. They tend to gain a little weight during uh, puberty. And um, I think the impact on a teenager is much more uh, life-changing than it is for, let's say, a 60- or 70-year-old. So if you actually uh, get the weight off of a teenager let's say 16, 18, 19, you've really changed their life path because they're no longer the outcasts of their peers. They're no longer... That is so important for any parents listening. I mean, please get counseling about it to help your child because it is 
so painful. You see so many kids today taking their lives. They have Facebook and they have all these different things and ways, other ways to torture teenagers that we didn't have when we were growing up. And it's really important for their self-esteem to feel good about themselves. Exactly. And And to be healthy. I mean, you know, of course to be healthy, but their self-esteem would be huge for life. I could see that. The, the teenagers, we request that they go through a psychiatrist and a psychologist and, and make sure that, you know, they have a good endocrine workup, make sure there's no other hormonal issues. But the kids who are, um, you know, 100 pounds overweight as teenagers will grow up to become morbidly obese, almost uh, 85% chance that they will never burn that off and will require surgery. And it is a huge impact on their life, even though they don't have any medical uh, problems that have developed. Uh, they're going to have uh, uh, a huge life change. We're going to operate on a 16-year-old in a couple of weeks who has uh, a couple of medications for heartburn already. So he's on adult medication for heartburn and uh, is on borderline uh, blood pressure. This is going to be placed on blood pressure medication at the age of 16. So it's pretty amazing to see this happen. If it is in their joint pain and things like that. I mean, just even as, as younger people, I mean, I was listening to somebody the other day saying that their feet hurt so bad and they had plantars of, of fasciitis. And, and I, you know, I had to say, I think you need to take some weight off, which is hard to say to somebody that you know. It's a really hard thing to say. Exactly. And, um, you know, I see people all the time who are morbidly obese as teenagers, but I don't say anything. I think I think part of the problem is that the parents and the child need to come to the realization that there's something out there available, but it's such a sensitive issue that you don't want to approach strangers and say, "Hey, you need weight loss surgery." Uh, you know. It's so true. I mean, but I also think it's a you know you're really dispelling a lot of myths today that for the average person that watches. TV and these news shows, of course, they're going to show all the dangers and it's, you know, you see how these people die of, you know, gastric bypass, but you don't see all the successful ones. Exactly. And um, it's uh, overblown in terms of the issues with the gastric bypass. Um, If it's done by the appropriate people and surgeons who've had a lot of experience, uh, those complication rates are very, very low. That's one thing you have to keep in mind, that uh, people who have had experience in uh, doing these weight loss procedures, they will be honest with you and tell you uh, what the exact risks are involved in the procedure. The patients can do their homework nowadays on the Internet. They can do their homework by talking to other patients that have had surgery. The main thing to remember is that you want to choose the least invasive, the safest procedure out there. Which, in your opinion, is right now the lap band. I believe that is the, the safest, the least amount of downtime, and um, the least amount of pain and discomfort. Well, I definitely learned something today. I, I thought that if you're you know, morbidly obese, which a couple hundred pounds overbeast, overweight, that you would have to have the gastric bypass, but you're saying you can have the lap band. Absolutely. And we have people in the BMIs at 30 to 35 who have the... Uh, lap band, but they're paying out of their pockets or insurance is not covering it. And they're paying it and anything over a certain amount of their income, 7.5% of their income is tax deductible because it's used for weight loss. So and there is financing companies available and this is your life, right? I mean, there are different companies that will help finance your weight loss. Absolutely. So we work with uh, uh, finance companies that uh, basically bring the monthly payments down to a little 
less than $300, about $290 a month. And uh, people say, well, I could forego getting a car for now. I want to get this lap band and get my life into uh, better health. And uh, with that comes uh, a lot more self-esteem and happiness with it. And I wish that for everybody listening, Beauty Now. This has been a really great show. Thank you so much, Dr. Carson Liu. Go to personallifemedia.com. We're going to connect his website, and he's out of L.A. You want to go to a board-certified surgeon. I, we stress that on every single show and somebody who has had a lot, of, a lot of experience, and you can find him. And thank you so much for being with us today and answering all of our questions. Thank you very much for the time. We'll have to have you back because we could, I could ask you 20 more questions, but I really feel like this has been a great show. And if you want to know more on bariatric surgery, you can look up Dr. Carson Liu's website. We're going to connect it to personallifemedia.com. If you'd like transcripts of today's show, go to personallifemedia.com and email me at teri at personallifemedia.com. Thanks for being with us. Saw you shopping at the North Star Mall Hardly recognize you at all It wasn't until I heard you say hello I realized you were a girl I know You look completely different Than you did in 91 A total transformation Come on, admit it You had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow It don't matter Wow, look at you now I kind of like it since you had a little work done Remember back in school we were drunk and we kissed And I pretended that you didn't exist You were a cute thing but you couldn't be The trophy girl I wanted hanging with me Gone from plain white bread to a honey bun I think I'd like to have a taste now Cause you're delicious since you had a little work done Had a little work done, holy smoke I noticed you, a damn near choke I think that we should get together for some fun I think I want you now, you had a little work done All around the town In your red convertible With the top down I heard the beauty Is only skin deep They call me shallow Cause you're looking Mighty sweet I never fantasized before That you wouldn't be the one But now you're in My night and day dream You're sure amazing Since you had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow It don't matter Wow, look at you now How'd you like to get for some fun. I kind of like you since you had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little.
more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com. 